All right, if you will turn in your Bibles uh, to James chapter 5, or look in your bulletin there, it's printed for you. Uh, we are almost through with our study of James. Um, this is a book that really does kind of hit you right between the eyes. It really does. It's a, it's a letter... That again, most of Paul's letters, uh, he's writing to the church, and the church, he's writing to, to church with a legalistic tendency, with a kind of a Pharisaic view of, of the Christian life, and he's emphasizing, no, it's it's salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and and James, as we read this book, it's clear that his as he begins that he's he's speaking to a a group of Christians that really is. Struggling with the opposite thing, with with um, kind of an, an easy believism, a, a, an antinomianism. It's, it's enough just to say, "I believe," but yet he's looking at uh, this particular group, this body of Christians, and sees that they're really struggling to to get along, and that there's conflict. And you know, we we know if we think about James, usually the the verse we think about, the passage we think about, is is um, you know, faith without works is dead. And um, again, we looked at that that's not a contradictory to, to what we believe about the gospel of grace. It's that uh, a genuine faith, uh, uh, you know, if, if God really has done a work of salvation in you, there will be a fruit, be fruit of the Spirit. And there will be change and there will be growth. So it's not sudden, but it's gradual and it's present. It's there. It's, it's evident. And, uh, uh, you know, real work of the Lord will change your life. And, uh, and so we've looked at that, and, and as we've moved through the letter, we've seen that he's, he's really looked at three different areas where he, where he wants uh, his readers to hear, where the Lord wants us to, 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 to focus on. And he, he says that, you know, to be one who really hears the Word of God, who, who listens and obeys the Word, is a Christian is going to have a, um, a loving, caring ministry. Uh, it's going to have... A, a loving, caring speech, and it's going to have a, a holy life. And, and we've been looking at this last section, this really all the, from chapter um, thir- uh, uh, 3, 13, all the way to, to now. It's this emphasis of a holy life. And, and if you, as you look at it, as you glance at your Bible, you'll see that, man, there's just so much, so much that we have to be aware of and and so many things he has to speak to um, um, our, our love of money and the tendency the temptation to to trust in material uh, things and to make that the focus of life our our you know our the idol of control and uh, the the delusion of that we're in control and we can we can determine our life that we're the a captain of our own fate um, just the tendency we have to to um, be just to be generally influenced by this world and the culture, and it's hard, you know. There, there's there's real opposition um, in our lives, and so as you as you hear that, if you're just visiting your first time, just just recognize if life feels hard, here's some validation. <laughs> uh, it, it's hard. 
And, and so we come to this passage today, we come to chapter 5, 7 through 13, uh, or through 7 through 12, and again we're encouraged, he's already done this before, but he's encouraging us to be patient in the suffering, patient in the waiting. And so uh, before I read, I just want to tell you, what we're going to see in this passage is we're going to answer three questions. Why is waiting hard? <laughs> I've already kind of got to it. But what, how does he explain it in this text? How do we wait? How should we wait? And then finally, what are we waiting for? Uh, why is waiting hard? How do we wait? And what are we waiting for? So with that said, let me pray and we'll read God's Word together. Gracious God, I thank you for your Word. I thank you that um, you speak so fully and clearly uh, that your spirit is present with us even now. Lord, give us ears to hear what you say in your word. Um, illuminate it. Uh, shine the light, your light, Holy Spirit, on it so we may see it. Not only read it, but really hear it and take it into our hearts and be changed by it. May we see you, Lord Jesus, and rejoice. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Why is waiting hard? Um, we just went... Uh, my family and I, we went up to Chattanooga to see my brother and sister-in-law and his two children. And, and um, uh, again, I was reminded just how hard waiting is. Um, I'm kind of at the point, as at 43, I understand time and space and distance. But 8-year-olds and 6-year-olds do not. Um, and again, we all have, remember, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm so bored. I'm so bored. Look out the window. That's boring. You've never seen that tree before. You know, things like that. You know, that's, that's new. And uh, it's a new thing every moment. Uh, and, uh, but that doesn't really help. And, you know, we all knew where we were going. We knew what we were going to get to do when we got there. But still, that space in between, man, <laughs> it was hard. Uh, the family road trip was a great example of that. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and so, that, that's hard, the circumstances of life. And so, when we look at this passage, I want you to realize that we see be patient repeated through the passage, but there's actually two Greek words that are used, that are translated 
be patient or patience. Um, one, um, and this is, we saw this word in chapter 1 as we looked at, you know, being patient and suffering. Chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 3, and, and, and then verse 11 of chapter 1. And we see it as we get to uh, chapter, I mean, verse 11 in chapter 5. There is a Greek word that means being able to remain underneath a burden. And so there, that, that's probably how we normally think about patience, uh, be patient, uh, that, that it's referring to hard circumstances of life. And, you know, again, the illustration is it's that being bored in the car. It's that your, your, your brother or sister, you know, touching you, uh, taking your stuff. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's my phone, not your phone. Things like that, you know. Uh, but on the big scale, it's, it's just... Every time we turn on the news, it's it's the injustice we see. It's it's the it's the violent crimes we see. It's the wars and rumors of wars. It's it's the the protests the, that turn violent. It's the the shootings in our schools, and it's just can be overwhelming. And and there's this heavy burden, uh, just looking at the world, the heavy burden of our own um, responsibilities and. Um, and the, the the responsibilities of being an adult, or you know, uh, getting those papers due if you're a college student, getting getting that done, uh, showing up to work on time, and and remembering all that you have to do, keeping the boss happy. There's these 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 circumstances of life that are heavy, and he's saying be patient. In uh, earlier in the in the book, and also here in uh, verse eleven, he says, uh, "Behold, consider those blessed who are made steadfast." And there, in this, in our translation, it's translated steadfast. But also, there's this word, and as you see it in verse seven, "be patient" is a different word, and it means um, being long-tempered. And so. There's a need to be patient with the circumstances and the struggles of life, but um, being long-tempered, not easily irritated or diverted, really has more to do with what? With people. You know, long-suffering, long-tempered. It's how do I deal with the people, the relationships in my life? Um... You know, you can be angry about something you see on Fox News. You can be angry about something on the news. But it's, when are you the angry, when do you get really worked up? It's when someone close to you (laughs) hurts you. You know, anger intensifies as it, you know, gets closer. You know, it's hurt and frustration as it gets closer to you. The vicinity of it matters, right? (laughs) And, and so there's this, there's this patience that he's urging us to that's not only circumstantial but relational. And, um, and so just, just to be completely honest, you know, my daughters, they were impatient about the circumstance. I was very impatient <laughs> in, in the relationship. <laughs> I'm just going to say it was. I didn't sleep well the night before. We were on the road, and I'm just like gripping this. My, my finger, my my imprint might still be there. I don't know, but uh, you know, just quit asking questions. No, we're not there yet. It's been five minutes, and so you know, like so. As I'm thinking about this passage, it became very clear. Like there's patience, circumstantial patience, but there's relational patience. As I'm prying my fingers from the steering wheel, and um, 
And so that's why he says, look, if you look with me here, uh, while waiting is hard. Again, this is our, our, what we're talking about. Um, look what it says in verse 9. Do not grumble against, against one another, brothers. Be patient. Do not grumble against one another. Um, there's going to be a tendency uh, to, as we, and he, again, he's talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about uh, us. And he's saying that be careful that you don't make, we don't make one another out to be the enemy. Um, you know, I just, I just did a wedding. And one of the things I say in the wedding, and, you know, again, just to let you know, if you go to a wedding I've officiated, it's probably going to sound familiar. That's the one thing you can repeat as a preacher, because you know who never remembers? No one remembers the wedding, <laughs> the wedding homily, especially the bride and groom, because they're just like, oh, look at her, look at him. Anyway, so you can use that on repeat. And, uh, and so, but one of the things I always say is, if you don't have it all figured out, please don't expect the other to have life all figured out. Like, there's got to be, there's grace. Like, this is going to be, it's God's covenant faithfulness, not yours. You're not good enough for that. But you need, you receive grace, show, each other, show the other grace. If you don't have it all figured out, then don't expect the other. And that applies to any relationship in the body of Christ. We are... Uh, all broken. We're all works in progress. And so the waiting is hard because circumstances of life are hard, but because I'm not that easy to get along with, right? <laughs> that I'm still, I'm still struggle. And you do too. And there's going to be conflict. Even when we're trying to work together to serve the Lord and serve one another, there's going to be, could be conflict. And he's saying, uh, Christians... Brothers, again, it's not, he's not coming down. He's going, I'm with you. Don't grumble against one another. Remember you're on the same team. Um, remember your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, Christ. and God is at work in each of you and through you. So, wise waiting heart, circumstances of life, but also the people in the room <laughs> make life hard. Um, our sin, our, we're still fleshly, we still struggle. And that's why we're urged to reconcile. That's why we're urged to move toward one another when, when, there's, when there's conflict. That's why Jesus, that's why we have Matthew 18. What do I do when I'm hurt or when I've hurt someone? How do, go to them, talk to them. If they won't, they won't be reconciled, they won't listen. Take another brother with you. Another brother or sister in Christ. Like This is important that, that we are restored. And in, and in and Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, he says, you know, the very end, you know, he's talking about this beautiful things, the, hu- the humility of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ and this, the theology. That's what we think about when we think about Paul. But at the very end, he goes, there are these two women <laughs> that are at odds right now. Urge them to be reconciled because both their names are written in the book of life. That was important to Paul. May, may there, you know, there's conflict and strife between these two people. May that not be in the body of Christ. The other thing that's hard that, 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 that we struggle with, and you see that at verse 12, he talks about, do, it seems like a completely random add-on, do not swear either by heaven or earth or by any other oath. 
But I'm convinced this ties into this idea of, of we struggle to be patient. We struggle to wait. Um, we may be tempted not only to grumble about one another, but we may be tempted to ease the pressure or escape the suffering by compromising our speech. And again, the, 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 the example that we think about that just pops to mind is Peter, right? Jesus, I'll never deny you. No, not ever. Never, no. I will be with you to the end. And what happens when, it's, when, it, when it, the, the temptation is there, the, the sees Jesus on trial, he knows what's happening, he knows he's going to die, and, and this little girl asks him, aren't you one of them? No, no, no. And we are tempted when suffering intensifies to make life easier, to compromise our speech, to lie, to manipulate. We may be tempted even to manipulate and bargain with God. Have you ever done that? Lord, if this is just passed for me, I promise that I will read my Bible every day, an hour a day. I mean, <laughs> and, 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 but we not, do, we not only do that with God, we do it with other people. Like if we're in conflict, instead of just admitting we're wrong and moving toward and being reconciled, we'll just like, look, 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 I, I hear you, look, I, pro- like, I swear that'll never happen again. That's not an apology, by the way, Right? Think about it. The promise and the pleading of like, no, 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 I deserve another chance. It's not an apology. And if you do this, if you forget, I'll do this next time. It's not really admitting you're wrong. And so there is this temptation under the, the pressures of the relational pressures and the circumstantial pressures of life to, to lie and to manipulate and vow and not trust the Lord. Uh, Alec Motier says, In Old Testament times, people made vows to God while their trouble lasted, promising to fulfill their vows when the cloud of trial had lifted again. But if you've ever done that, and let's just be honest, we've all done it, maybe not written it out or said it out loud, but you've thought it and you've prayed it, how many times have you left that vow unfulfilled? Due to a lack of trust in God's sovereign care, we may be tempted to manipulate and bargain with God and others. So waiting is hard. Waiting is hard. There's heavy burdens that we are trying to remain steadfast underneath that we carry. There's, 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 there's patience. There's, there's the people in our lives that... Our, our family and our friends and our brothers and sisters in Christ, but yet it's, we can be easily irritated or diverted and quick to anger, and it's, it takes patience. Patience. Long-suffering. Long, being long-tempered and being steadfast. And, and there's all kind of ways we look to undo that or relieve the burden that are, that are sinful. But how should we wait then? If that's, if that's the wrong ways to wait, if that's the, the things we run to, to manipulate, to lie, to, 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 to burst out in anger and push people away, if those are all the, the ways we wrongly wait, how should we wait? Well, he gives us three examples. First, he says, look at the farmer. Look what he says. Um, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. In, in this part of the world, there were early rains in November, late rains in December, and if you didn't get those rains, the crops didn't come in. And, um, and so he's saying, 
uh, do, do you know the farmer uh, planted the, the farmer weeds the farmer tends but um, what can any of us do by about the rain not a thing um, Timothy and I have felt that very intensely uh, every time we plan something it feels like for the youth and it's outside it rains and it's just like and I you know this passage you know should come to mind you know I I can't make it rain. I can't make it not rain. We can pray, and Elijah did pray, and uh, <laughs> and we're gonna to get to that here in a minute. But uh, later in the in the text, but uh, you know, God is sovereign over that, and uh, you know, there's just not much else we can do. There's just things beyond our control. And Sinclair Ferguson he says this about the farmer. He says the farmer knows that anxiety will not bring the early rain any earlier. Nor will frustration accelerate the arrival of the late rains. He says, being irritated will not cause a cloud to come over the horizon. He knows that God continues to govern nature in a way that is usually regular. He also knows that he is dependent on God for the rains. In a sense, once he has done his duty, there is nothing left for him to do. His responsibility uh, now is simply to wait upon God. And as I read that, some of you are going, that sounds impossible. How can I not have something else I have to do? <laughs> There's got to be something else I can do to make this thing happen. There's got to be something else I can do to relieve the suffering, to relieve the, the burden, to, to, to make this relationship easier. There's sometimes you do what you can do and then you just have to wait on the Lord and trust Him. How do you do that? Where the secret to Christian patience is not looking into yourself. It's not, you know, kind of trying to find some zen, some peace within yourself. That's a waste of time. <laughs> Sorry, it is. Y'all keep looking, but it's just not going to be there. You're right. Um, it, what is it? It's, it's having a deep conviction about who God is. And here's the three things I want you to remember. When, you're, when we're struggling with waiting, it's remembering He is ruling, He is working, and He is loving. He's ruling, He's working, and He's loving. He is in charge. He really does have a plan. But you know, sometimes you think about kings just kind of sitting on a throne and being aloof and hearing from their ministers or people later, like, what, what's going on? I don't really know what's going on. Just bring me, bring me more food and drink. You know, I don't know. That's how I think about kings. But he's not just a king like that that's in charge. He's working. He really is at work in an intimate way in my life and yours. And he loves you. If we can remember in the, the, this in-between time that our hearts can be established can be firm, can be steadfast um, because of Him. What He has done on the cross, but what He will do when He comes again. And again, that's where we come to be patient, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. He is ruling, He is working, He is loving. He, he's doing that in, in what He has done in the Scriptures. He's doing that ruling, working, loving you now, and He will fulfill it when He comes again. So we can be established, not in 
what we're going to do. Not in our to-do list. Not in the, the results of our labors. But in the character of God. That's how the farmer lives. He does his work and then trusts the rest to the Lord. The other uh, example is are the prophets. What he says. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Note that their suffering, their hardships, as you think about these prophets, think about Jeremiah, who was hunted down. Um, Think about Daniel, who was deported and taken out of his country and enslaved. Um, Think about uh, Hosea, who's... Marriage was not good. <laughs> all those things, um, all those things were a result of God's calling. You get that? That it wasn't that the suffering came about because they stepped out of line. They were doing what God called them to do, and I think that's the that's the lesson there. Is that sometimes we go. If I'm struggling and I'm suffering and my relationships are hard and, and, and the circumstances are hard, I must be doing something wrong. But the trials and tribulations of the prophets, and I've only just named a few, um, are tied to God's calling on them. It was their faithfulness in God's commands. That didn't give them immunity from suffering. It actually involved them in it. Their privilege and trial went hand in hand. And that's so important for you and me to remember. That it's easy to be an absentee father. It's hard to be a faithful parent. It's easy to just give the least amount of effort in your vocation. It's hard to make sure you do all things to the glory of God. It's it's easy to write people off when they offend you one time. It's hard to move towards someone and be reconciled when they've wronged you or you've wronged them. It's hard. And 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 the the relational pressures, the circumstantial pressures are not, hear this brothers and sisters, is not because you're doing life wrong necessarily. It could be. <laughs> there are definitely things that we do that make our life hard, but it could be that you're walking in the way of the Lord. And just, if you think walking in God's ways means it's life's going to get easy, no. There's actually encouragement when we face trials of various kinds. He says, take courage, be comforted when the trials come, when the hurts come, knowing that we're walking in the ways of Christ. And we see that clearly as we look at the prophets. He says that you are blessed if you are steadfast. Those who are steadfast, we count them as blessed. What is the blessing from, being, from having exercised steadfastness? What is that? The blessing is, is being enduring trials, enduring suffering, relational and, and circumstantial. This is how God achieves His purpose in us. That's the blessing. God is actually conforming, conforming us to the image of His Son Jesus through our 
and bearing under trials, through our bearing under suffering. So now that brings us to Job. Um, y'all read Job, right? You know that story. You heard the steadfastness of Job. You've seen the purpose of the Lord. What was the purpose of the Lord? Sometimes we read Job and we think, we look at the journey of Job and our takeaway is that God is sovereign and He will restore the losses of His people. And that's, that's a fine, you know, he, God takes everything away from him. Satan has his way. God gives Satan permission and, and Satan can't affect or touch uh, Job, but for you know God's permission, that's a comfort to us. And he takes away his possessions, he takes away his health, he takes away his children. And at the end, he's restored. And sometimes you look, see, if you just make it, God's going to give you that, everything back and more. But I'm going to tell you, that's really not it. Uh, Job came out okay in the end, so trust God. And that's sometimes what we tell people, right? When they're struggling. You know what? It's all going to work out. Just trust God. Look at Job. It worked out. Did it work out? He lost his children. I mean, yeah, he got more camels. Great. But he, he endured a horrible disease. And he lost people he loved. And yeah, he had more children, but is that how you think about your kids? I will get some more. can't say that to people. Oh, it's going to work out. Look at Job. It worked out. What, 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 is the, what was God's design? I'm here. It'll work out. It'll be better. I'll give you more stuff. No. What, what, was the, what is the takeaway? God's ultimate jo- goal for Job was for Job to know him and love him more fully. That's the journey. Job says it. In Job 42.5 he says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes see. I have experienced and more fully understand your glory, your grace, your mercy, and your love through this ordeal. That's the journey. Not, he got it all back and more. He understood more of God and his character. He understood more of He's in charge. He's ruling. He's working. And he's loving. He had heard about it, but then he got to experience it. The blessing of patient endurance is seeing or experiencing the compassion and mercy of our Lord and Judge Jesus Christ. Why is waiting hard? How do we wait? Finally, what are we waiting for? And actually, it's who are we waiting for? Okay, big point, big thing. We are not waiting for the people. Okay, this is, okay, this is big, okay? This is what you're not waiting for. We are not waiting for the people in your life to get it together. Again, going back to the car trip. My own heart. Why can't my kids realize that two hours takes two hours? (laughs) One day they will figure this out and my life will be easier. (laughs) I have 
no offense to wives. I have, I have the best wife. Okay, if you're a wife, sorry. Um, but I, we still have arguments, the same argument. When, when will she uh, realize that, you know, how right I am? You know, like, when is that, that going to happen? <laughs> when will my spouse realize what a gift I am? When, she, when they figure that out, and I'm waiting on that, I'm waiting on her, her or him, you know, depending on who you are in the room, figure, when will my kids figure out that I actually know what I'm talking about and know everything more than they do? I mean, you know, I, 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 it's this, it's this long-tempered relational waiting that I think is the hardest thing. And we, as we deal with each other, we start to think we're waiting on, I'm waiting on you to figure it out. But let's go back to earlier in James. He says, why are there fights and quarrels among you? It's not you, it's me. It's my passions, it's my sin. I'm not waiting on me to figure it out. I'm not waiting on you to figure it out. We're waiting on Jesus. Now, just that's a transformative thought. If I can just think, think about the last time you got really frustrated, which probably, you know, I don't know, maybe you looked at your watch a minute ago, and you're like, oh. I'm waiting on Grant to finish. I'm waiting on that song to play. And he turned off the projector. Why did he do that? It's got to go through the projector. Anyway, I forgot about that. Betsy got tired of waiting. Just left. Anyway, so... But... It's I'm frustrated and I'm angry and the weight of the world, the weight of circumstances, the weight of just broken relationships and not, not, my, not the worst relationships but just the people that I love the most and that, even that's hard. And I go, Lord, it's so hard. Like, and, but if I can remember what I'm waiting on, what you're waiting for, it's not this just to get better but I'm waiting on Jesus. And that's a comfort because that's going to happen. It gets back to the swearing. You know, I swear this is going to happen. You can't swear anything to me with any guarantee. I can't swear anything to you. All I can say is yes and no with my intentions. And I just don't know if I can do it or the cert- it might rain, it might not. I have no idea. But you know what? I do know Jesus is coming back. Because when He says something, He always does it. And if that's the object of my hope, if that's what I'm waiting on, and that's what you're waiting on, it's going to happen. But I get so frustrated and irritated because I'm waiting on the wrong things. And I'm waiting, I'm going, you know, I don't think this is going to happen. And really what I should be going, this is probably not going to happen, Grant. Quit waiting on this. Wait on something that's worth waiting on. God will make all things new, including me, including you. Is that a song? I just did that rhymed. Can we put some? We'll do work on that later. Anyway, that that's that's what we're waiting on, and I I forget what I forget the destination. I forget where we're all going. I want to make I want to make myself the judge and jury and Lord, but He says the Lord and Judge is Jesus. And He is coming. And get this. 
And this is where we're going to end. Where is he? He's at the door. Knock, knock. You thought this was going to be a joke sermon, right? Knock, knock. That's the name. That's the title. Knock, knock. But the idea, I want you to think about this. I'm waiting, and sometimes that seems so far off, so unreal. Is God, God is ruling, God is working, God is loving, and He is coming. And James says, here's how I want you to remember it. He's right at the door. It's going to happen. It's, it's imminent. It's, 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 we have to think of it in that way. He is close and He is with me in it. And His coming is soon. And we go, it's been 2,000 years. But, he, but even He's... I want you to think about Jesus as being that close. And you should, I, read, I read this and go, you need to stop judging people because the judge is going to come and get you. It's kind of like when, when Quinn knocks. Cobb County Police. Oh! And sometimes we think about Jesus that way. And maybe there's an aspect here of like, wait, 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 he's the judge and he's the Lord. I'm not. Maybe that's, I think that's part, that's a little bit of it. But also, the encouragement. I don't have to be judge. I don't have to be in control. I don't, he's, he's on his way. He's practically at the door. And I can be the farmer. And I can do the work that's before me. I can live life, do the good I see, and trust Him with the rest. We're waiting on Jesus, who's ruling, who's working, whose goal is for us to see, just like the, He wanted Job to see, His compassion and mercy on an infinite scale. He wants us to see that, and we will. That's His desire. And He is right outside the door. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank You that we can wait on You. You're worth waiting on. You will come through. You will bring us home. We're not alone in these things. We're not suffering for no reason. But we're being conformed to Your image. Lord, help us to wait and be encouraged as we wait that you are with us, that you are outside the door, and you are working all things for good for those who love you and called according to your purpose. Lord, bless us in the partaking of this meal. May it you use it to these common elements to encourage us and in the reality of who you are, in your character, and in what you have promised to do. May it, um, by your grace, may you use it to draw our hearts to you and to one another. You called us to do this corporately. Our tendency is to take out our frustrations on one another. Our tendency is to, is to, is to push one another away, is to grumble and hurt one another. Lord... Meet us in that. Help us to be patient with one another as we're not putting the weight of our expectations on one another, but we're putting the weight of our expectation on you and your promises. So Lord, unite our hearts to you and to our brothers and sisters in Christ as we partake of this meal. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.